0: And what's going on, guys? Uh, thank you for joining me on the the first ever episode of the Reformed Young Adults Bible Study. And uh, I really appreciate you all for joining in. Um, I'm going to post this on a few different platforms. Um, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Christian podcasts out there right now. And and I really appreciate y'all choosing to listen to this one. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times I do a lot of driving for my job and it's hard to find a good Christian podcast, and especially being reformed, I mean, if you want to find a a really good podcast, you're gonna to have to go to to or you're gonna have to you know just listen to sermons. you're gonna to have to do things like that, but you can't find a good a good sit down podcast. In fact, if you go on Spotify and just type in reform Podcasts, Steve Austin is going to be the only one that comes up with the Bible study. and as awesome as that podcast is, there's really nothing for young adults <clears throat> So I, I really saw a need in this area and so I thought that we could all benefit a lot from sitting down together and, and studying God's Word and uh, If you can tell from the title <laughs> the first book we're gonna go through together. We will be doing an expository style and the the first book we're gonna go through together is 2nd Peter and and uh, the reason I chose Second Peter, I, I have, originally it was going to be either Genesis or Hebrews. I really couldn't decide, but I changed my mind to Second Peter after I took a trip to Nashville this past weekend, and and I was just studying the book. I was going through it, and um, and and I really fell in love with this book, and in a in a different way than I have with other books of the Bible. So. We're gonna go through it together, and uh, and you know who knows maybe after that we'll uh, you know skip over to First Peter. We could do any of that. Um, but my name is Andrew. I'm 20 years old, and I'm in college. I'm a junior uh, at a at a local university. It's not even 20 minutes from my house. So I'm uh, I'm gonna be the host. I'm gonna be leading you guys through this book, and and I really do want this to kind of be more of a a discussion. I mean, as much as this is going to be like a me talking to you, I want to hear from you guys too. Um, I want to hear – I would love to hear your input. I'd love to I'd love to talk with you guys about it. Um, and so if you want to reach me, my email is awesley2 at aum.edu. So y'all feel free to message me. Reach out to me. Um, if there's anything you didn't like, anything you thought I should have put in there, um, I want to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, I've never – Done a podcast before, so I figured that having you guys' feedback would be really good. Um, and so, yeah. So anyway, we're gonna dive on in. And uh, like I said, we're gonna do Second Peter. Uh, I really did fall in love with this book um, for a few different reasons. Um, for one, I love Peter. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, any any deep study of the gospel, you'll absolutely fall in love with Peter. With him, for you know, obviously, started as the leader of the disciples. Um, you know, G- Jesus appointed him a great task. Um, he was the leader of the disciples. Um, also, I really love this book because of a few of the, the themes that um, were, were, were established in here. Um, for starters, um, and, I, and I, I, I use the outline of Al Mohler, um, but I think it, it really encompasses this, this book in a great way. For starters, it talks about the nature and character of God. Um, talked about God's character um, and how he, he was the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. Um, how Jesus has ultimate authority um, over the church and everything. <laughs> and how the Old Testament and the New Testament are both inspired by God. Or the, both the Old Testament and New Testament are, are God's inspired work. So uh, all of these themes are touched on in some way or another in 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 the book of second Peter, and if you can't tell from that list, these are all subjects that are that are scrutinized right now that are that are bashed right now, whether you're talking about um you know the nature and character of God, whether you're talking about is it the same God from the Old Testament and the New Testament does Jesus have ultimate authority no matter what it is, you're talking about something that is very offensive right now. Um, and the book of second Peter is not, not new to that. The, this book has been, is, has been bashed for a long time. Um, I think R.C. Sproul did a fantastic job in, um, his introduction to second Peter. If you go on the Ligonier app and just watch the introduction episode, he talks about how for years they wanted to keep it out of the canon. Um, so this book is not new to discriminate, not not discrimination. It's not new to um, slander is not new to being picked on and um, you know with all these these things that that are included in the book it, they're pretty much destined to be to be hated so it's only fitting that you have very offensive topics in a book that that people don't like in the first place <laughs> so we're gonna dive right in um, I'm thinking today we're only going to cover two verses Usually how I do this is I kind of just keep going until I feel like I have enough to sustain for a bit. So um, obviously we're going to start in chapter 1, and um, we're going to go through the first two verses. And I, I know I mentioned earlier a little bit about myself. I think I forgot to mention that you know this is going to be a Reformed kind of style. Um, I do go to a, a local Presbyterian church. Um, been involved in there for a little while now, um, and that's uh, that's just kind of the the view viewpoint I take, and that's kind of the stance I take. So, um, I, you don't you know I, nowadays I see a lot of people getting into the reform faith, especially my age. I, you know, like I said, I'm 20 years old. I see a lot of people getting into the reform faith, and so that's very encouraging for me. Is is more people my age getting into it? So anyway, we're gonna. Get started, and uh, and we'll go from there. So I'm going to go ahead and read the first two verses. <clears throat> I read out of the New American Standard, and so I'll start in verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So right now, this is kind of just an introduction to um, in fact, most commentaries that, that you go to, um, will split up, uh, verse one into one thing and then want to cover verse two through like four. So this is kind of a, uh, what, what do you call it? This is kind of an unconventional way to do this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but we're going to, we're going to cover it anyway. So, um, for starters, um, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, that alone is a statement that we could taught this whole podcast about. Simon Peter, obviously, as we spoke of earlier, being an apostle with the very first verse claims apostolic authority. And, and you know, nowadays, I, I think that we kind of take for granted what apostolic authority means. You know, I mean, we we I, I have written down here in Ephesians chapter two twenty where. Paul says that 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 what we believe is built on the apostles and prophets. What we believe is built on apostles and prophets. That's and, and what he's saying is that the apostles were the the people that Jesus sent out. He gave the great commission. You know, the of course the great commission applies to all of us, but you know they're the original receivers. They're the ones that went about spreading the the word of God and that that is a that is a big deal. Um I also wrote down here, um R R C Sproul in his commentary for Second Peter said, um, you know, a lot of people say they believe in Jesus. They they agree with Jesus, but they can't get along with the apostles. You know, like that they, they like what Jesus said, but when you get to the apostles, they're not really into that. Well, he has a point here when he says you can't know anything about Jesus unless you believe the apostles, because they're the ones that gave us the Gospels. So you can't know anything about Jesus unless you believe the apostles. So that thought I'd throw that in there also. Um, but again, going back to the first verse, Simon Peter, a bondservant, and apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, <clears throat> we're talking about how high of, a, of an authority the apostle is, which it is, and another verse I left out um was in Romans where the Apostle Paul says, and you took my words as if they were from God. You know, I mean, th- these people are speaking on behalf of our Lord while they're here. You know, I mean, heck, look at Paul in 1 in Corinthians, uh, was it 1st or 2nd Corinthians, one of the two, it, where he says he got to see the third heaven. You know what I mean? Like, well, we're talking about some some people that that the Lord used in some incredible ways. And, and I... I absolutely love how he says, Simon Peter, a bondservant apostle of Jesus Christ. So he claims apostolic authority, right, of Jesus Christ, but he also calls himself a slave. So while this man claims the highest possible authority in the church, claims the highest teaching role, claims, you know, the ability to... to, to say whatever he wants them to do, which he's capable of doing as an apostle, everything he says goes. He also calls himself a slave. That let that sink in, you know, how how he is a how he's a how how he is an apostle and bond servant at the same time. He he claims the highest possible authority, but yet is a slave to Jesus Christ. And, and you know, I think that that a lot can be said about that. How. You can be as great as you think you are, but in reality, you still have to bow the knee. And if you think you're better than you are, look look at Peter. You really have nothing. This man who had everything, anything that anyone could ever ask for in terms of apostolic authority, considered himself a bond servant. But, and also... He's speaking as someone that's advanced in age, someone who uh, obviously got corrected by Jesus a lot, but um, as a man who has experienced a lot of sanctification, um, a man who knows what it means to be humble. And Peter here is speaking as an eyewitness, which uh, I believe he, he will touch on later in this letter also, um, but he's an eyewitness of the faith. And he's teaching directly what he heard from Jesus. And he that, that's another big part about the apostolic authority, is teaching directly what they heard from Jesus. And they're called you know, directly by Jesus to do these things. Um, so we're going to keep going here. Um, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think something can be said here, and obviously this is a reform podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna spice up the we're gonna spice it up a little bit here. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna turn up the temperature a little bit uh, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. No, it says received a faith. You know, again, we're talking about this book says a lot of things that would not fly very well in this culture, you know, um, received a faith. Christians nowadays don't want to believe in the sovereignty of God. They don't want to believe in, in, in the sovereignty of God in, in salvation. I, I was mentioned in my trip to Nashville, uh, this past weekend, I went with a good friend. Oh, I went with two good friends, really. One of them is very new in the faith. Um, and the other one, while he's been in the faith a while, I don't think he's had a lot of exposure to um, doctrinal beliefs, really. Um, and he, it somehow it came up that I go to a Presbyterian church, and he said, "Oh, so you believe in all that that five point Calvinism stuff?" And I was like, "Well, well, yeah, I'm a five point Calvinist. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't like calling myself a Calvinist. I really don't like." bearing anyone's name that's not Jesus but sure we'll say that i believe in the doctrine of grace and it it turned in to probably an hour and a half discussion where he he wasn't able to give any solid points and it ended with him googling open bible info and looking up verses for on you know trying to defend free will and salvation and, and so we, you know what i got from that was when we were, we went from having a productive conversation to just being completely just he just doesn't want to believe it like that all the information's there and it's obviously clear but he just doesn't want to believe it and yeah so anyway that that's just one part of that is is that is something that people just don't want to believe my my dad doesn't want to believe that you know and uh, you know, from the words of the pastor of my church, I don't understand why, because I've always thought this is the most comforting doctrine. I've always thought it was just such a comforting doctrine that that God loved me and chose me from the foundation of the earth. I mean, I just always thought that was such a such a comforting doctrine, you know. Um, and to to continue on here, um, you know, he says have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Our righteousness is obtained through our God and Savior. And notice, you know, honestly, if you really look at it, that's kind of an odd way to lay that out if you don't believe that Jesus is God. That's kind of an odd way to write that. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is our God and our Savior. So, within the first verse of this book, you already have a claim of deity for Jesus, and I, uh, I, I refuse to believe that that Peter did not think that Jesus was God. I mean, he got to see him. He had to talk to him face-to-face. And I, I think that, that that right there is enough to believe that that Peter thought Jesus was God. I've never really understood the arguments against it. Um, Continuing on with the theme of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like calling Jesus God, you know. Uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Muslims, they don't like it. But I've never really understood the argument against it. I've never heard a good argument against it, truthfully. Never one that I've really been satisfied with. But I think that that's a claim to deity by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. And to continue on with it, you know, this is a reform podcast. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some doctrines. Um, with it being to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. We're already talking about double imputation. Um, yeah, that's already covered in the first verse. how Jesus is our sacrificial lamb, and how our sins have fallen on the sacrificial lamb and his purity and righteousness fall upon us. How we have received a faith by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. It, we received faith by His righteousness. How we do nothing. And that, that, that just really furthers the, the doctrine of grace thing. How we do nothing. Jesus covered it all. Jesus covered it for us. He obtained it for us. And I, I think a lot can be said about that. That's something that I wish I had time to expand on. <laughs> but um, how we receive faith by his righteousness. Um, just a couple verses um, you know, from Jesus. Father, sanctify me so I may sanctify them. Jesus was sanctified so that we may be sanctified, and and also John the Baptist, you know, said, "Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." Um, then you know, I, I I had a couple more, but I think I'm gonna leave those off. Um, but salvation is a gift from God. Pretty much closing out that that little section right there. Salvation is a gift from God. Jesus loved us so much that he died on our behalf to freely give us a salvation that requires nothing but faith and that will never be taken away from us. And continuing on, um, I was kind of scanning my notes here, seeing what I wanted to hit on. We are running out of time. <laughs> yeah, I also want to touch on the to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours how we have one faith you know though there are tons of different denominations and though there are tons of different beliefs we are one faith and that is a um, sometimes it's hard to believe <laughs> when you start looking at other people's beliefs, when you start looking at the other denominations, but it is one faith. And with one faith comes different gifts. You know, we we all have different spiritual gifts, not talking about any of the radical ones, (laughs) but God does bless us with with different ways to serve him. Um, But we're all in the same faith. And, And I'll tell you something that I've been bad about lately, touching on that, the same faith as ours, and touching on something like that. I, I've been a little disgruntled lately in different ways about, you know, you, you can look at other people and, and see the gifts that they have, and it's very easy to get jealous. And I, I have someone especially close to me who I just feel like doesn't take the, the gifts the Lord has given him seriously he doesn't sit down and really appreciate the gifts the Lord has given him. And it's so easy for me to dwell on that. And it's so easy for me to it's, it's so easy for me to get aggravated about it. And it's so easy for me to Um to to not appreciate what the Lord has given me. And and it's so easy for me to say, that the Lord hasn't blessed me as much as Him, just because He appears to be prospering more than me, and, and that's that's not good. That's not a that's not a healthy habit to do. Um, and the Lord works, and we have a personal God. And one thing I've been trying to remind myself of lately, I, in my free time, I'm reading through the Pursuit of God by um, um, A.W. Tozier. Um, and one thing I, I've read in there is. We we have a personal God, and so we need to treat Him like one. You know, we need to treat Him like a personal God. While, while it is one faith, while we do all share the same God, we need to treat Him like the personal God He is. And me being jealous of my friends' gifts and opportunities are wrong whenever God has a, a different set of plans and opportunities for me. You know what I mean? It's hard to accept... And it's difficult at times, but in reality, I think it comes down to to my trust in my relationship with God. You know, sorry, I didn't mute my (laughs) didn't mute my uh, my phone. But and then continuing on um, into verse two, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our I'm sorry, and of Jesus Christ our Lord grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The new living translation, of course, I, I, I'm not a big fan of new living translation, but I do use it occasionally, um, especially for study. The new living translation uses that as may God give you more grace and more peace as you grow in knowledge. And I thought this would be a great spot to touch on knowing and studying God's attributes. um, Obviously, like I said, I'm in college. Well, within after this past semester ended, and I would honestly say towards the end of last semester, I started this. Um, in what little free time I did have, I um, I I'd, I'd embarked to study God's attributes. I, I wanted to know who He was. You know, obviously, I've been saved for a while now, but I wanted to know who He was. And I wanted to know his character. He knows me, so I ought to know him. And uh, I did that by starting studying The Attributes of God by Arthur Pink. I've read Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And I will say that I have never felt more comfort than when I studied The Attributes of God. You know, not long after that, I I went through a, a trial of some sort. And I just remember thinking during that trial, man, God's hand is on this, you know, God's hand is, is on this, is on this situation. And he's going to sovereignly guide me through this. And he has already preordained that it would happen. So why would I try to fight it? Why would I try to fight what he has already decided needs to happen? And, and, and God wouldn't do anything that, that he knows would, would hurt me. You know, while it may hurt in a time, God's using it to better me. In the words of Sinclair Ferguson, has Father ever told you to do anything that would harm you? And he hasn't. And, you know, again, I was talking about my friend and how I can be jealous of him sometimes, but stepping back and look at it, when I sit back and look at it, God has been so good to me and has blessed me in so many ways, in my own ways, in personal ways, so why would I be jealous of what he's doing for someone else? You know, we we serve a good God, and with the knowledge of God, you know, knowing who He is, with that comes a lot of comfort and and really blessing in that. I I would call it blessing, you know, the peace that you get and the the overall comfort from knowing your Creator. You know, um you know th- this verse states that that you know may may god give you more grace and peace as you grow in knowledge as you grow in knowledge your peace will, will abound the, you know the verse says that um and um you know with i think you can break that down between the grace and the peace you know With grace, you'll never be in any greater standing than you are right now. You know, you can't earn your way to God. You can't earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But I I do believe that this is talking about knowledge of grace, really. You know, the more you learn who Christ is and, and who God is, the more you learn who you are. And what you are, you know. I've also, I, I lately, not very much. I, I've, I've been looking into sin a little bit. Um, pretty much the extent of that is the is holiness by J.C. Ryle. Um, the first chapter is an incredible explanation of sin. But with me looking into that, um, y- you feel so dirty. You know, you feel so dirty. And and I think that comes also with studying God's attributes. You feel kind of dirty. You feel like, man, like, you know, I serve this holy God, but but I'm not clean. You know, God is holy, but I'm not. You know, He's way up there He's way up here in terms of in terms of who He is and His character. But I, I'm messed up. You know what I mean? And I think that those kind of go hand in hand. Um, and it can be discouraging, but. Really, overall, it just kind of cements God's love for you that while you, you know, of course, now I see less and less sin in my life, you know, but I, uh, you know, knowing what I was like when God reached out to me and I received faith, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to to look at it and see the love that God had for me. And it's really unfathomable, really. You know, you can study your sin and study God's attributes and and really appreciate God, but it's really unfathomable how crazy it really is that the eternal God decided to sit down and and die and intercede on our behalf, you know. And I, I thought I would toss in something I read from Knowing God. This is maybe... Maybe my biggest takeaway from knowing God by J. Packer is that when you read scripture and you feel guilty, <clears throat> it's God revealing himself to you. And by you feeling guilty, it's God saying, Look, this is what you are. You're 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 bad. <laughs> you know, for, for, you're you're bad. You know, even if you are saved, you still sin. And it's God saying, Look, this is who you are. But the opposite of that, like who you would be if you obeyed all those things, that's who I am. And, and so you feeling guilty while you're reading scripture is God revealing himself to you and telling you who he is. And that might have been my biggest takeaway from, from knowing God, um, which I, I absolutely love that part. How how you feeling guilty is God revealing his character to you. And, and the knowledge of grace is such a blessing knowing what you are really experiencing in Christ how actively at this second Jesus is at the right hand of the father interceding for you on your behalf and the knowledge of grace really is a blessing the knowledge of sin is a blessing you know as as bad as sin is the knowledge of of what separates you from the creator can really be a blessing within itself because it will make you appreciate God more. And as silly as it sounds, it will help you through a trial. You know, knowing what he did for you in the first place and why would he do any differently now. And understanding God's character will increase your love, appreciation, and fear of the Lord. I think it, it, another thing it did for me in passing is it really helped me with, de- during during trials, it really helped me with saying, like, this has to happen, you know, like, there's no better way for this to happen. It, it really helped in that way. And I, I put for peace, knowing Jesus brings a great deal of peace with it, knowing that all things work out for those who are in Christ. Knowing that on the last day He will raise you. There's a lot of peace in that. We don't have to worry about death. We don't have to worry about where we go when we die. Knowing that your abstinence from sin will be worth it. How right now when your friends text you or call you saying, hey, we're going to go drinking, do you want to come? Or whenever your friends are going on some kind of you know booze cruise asking if you want to come... You saying no right now, which may be hard looking at your previous life, it's going to be worth it in the long run. Or whenever you're tempted to hang out with that friend group that you know you do nothing but sin with, and you tell them no, that that will be worth it on the last day when you meet Jesus. Overall, it's worth it to, to call him a brother and a friend. Um and also to call God father is there any greater blessing than that being able to call Jesus your friend and brother and 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 brother is because you're heir to the promises that he is you know and, and to be able to call God your father is a great blessing within itself and you know that that really makes me look forward to Jesus coming back. I hope it does the same for every one of you. It makes you look forward to our Lord coming back. Um, Well, guys, that's really all I have today. Um, I really had a fun time. I really had a fun time going through this with you guys. And uh, also, making the lesson was a lot of fun, too. And I'm going to try and do this every Monday. Today's Monday. I hope I get it uploaded today. I'm still kind of figuring everything out. I told you I've never done a podcast before. So, um, also school started back today. Um, but I'm pretty sure I can get it uploaded today. Um, I want to do them every Monday just because, with my schedule, that's kind of how it works best. But with that being said, I'm not really sure, you know, what day I'll be doing it on. Uh, let's go for Monday though. I'm thinking it's going to be a once a week thing. Um, but, yeah, guys, I, I've really had fun doing this. And, guys, please let me know your feedback, whether it be, hey, Andrew, this was horrible, or whether it be, like, hey, man, this is good. Thanks. <laughs> so I, I hope that somebody took something away from it. If any of y'all took one thing away, then it was worth me doing all this. You know? I pray that um, I pray that this hit the person it needed to hit. You know? Um, so... Let me uh, pray right quick, and uh, and then we can go about doing as the Lord commanded us. Um, and I just, again, before I sign off, just wanted to say thank you guys so much for for joining in. Uh, it it really means a lot. So, <clears throat> uh, Father, thank you God for us being able to to sit here and, and learn about your word, God. I thank you that we have the technology now where I can reach, you know, people, whether it be one or whether it be a hundred. You know, I, I thank you, God, that that we have the ability to do so, Lord. God, I pray that this will reach the person it needs to reach. I pray that everyone who listens to this will be able to take just one thing away. Um, and I pray that it'll be something that will... Grow them in you, Lord. Um, thank you for your Word. Thank you for giving us your Scripture and and giving us the ability to read it and the ability to to understand its meaning, Father. Thank you for. Thank thank you for ha- giving us the Holy Spirit to where we can really understand what's what's in there, Lord. I thank you, God, for everything you do, God. I pray, God, that you'll have your hand on every single person in this listening to this God. I pray that that you will provide blessings for them in their own way, Lord, to where they won't be jealous of others. That they'll appreciate what you've given them, because you're a good Father and you give good gifts and you want to give us good gifts. So Father, thank you so much for this. And God, I pray that. Uh, You'll continue to be there with us throughout our week. And you'll give us opportunities to spread your word and to be good servants for you, Lord. We thank you, God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.